My name's Shaquan, but a lot of people know me by my other name, Mad Skills. I'm an MC. My name is Mad Skills. Let's make some noise. I'm a DJ. Oh, yeah. I'm a ghostwriter for some of your favorite rappers. I'm not about to tell you who, though. But most importantly, I'm a hip-hop enthusiast. Hip-hop confessions is raw, unfiltered conversations with my friends revealing things that they didn't like, never knew about, I don't know, or never got into about hip-hop culture. So sit back. Oh, come on, y'all. Turn up the volume. Hip-hop. And listen to hip-hop confessions. Because everybody's got one. Here's a little story that must be told. And it goes a little something like this. this, this. Yo, what up, world? It's your boy, Mad Skills, and we are here. This is my podcast, Hip Hop Confessions. Y'all already know what we do. Y'all know what we discuss. We discuss confessions that are things that you don't know, things that behind the scenes you didn't know that happened, all types of shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, we done been through hell and hot water with some of these confessions, and it, sometimes they just turn out to be good conversations. I got one of my homies on the phone. I've known this guy for a while. I sit on the phone, but it's not really on the phone. But uh, I've known this guy for a minute, man. An amazing producer. Um, produced uh, shit, a song for me back in the day called Where I Been on the Million Dollar Backpack. And I'm so grateful that I ain't even really had no budget. He still let me get that beat because I love that beat. Um, man, listen, done work with uh, Jay-Z, Rick Ross, Dr. Dre, Wiz Khalifa, Freeway, um, uh, J. Cole, like the list goes on and on, man. Straight out of Seattle to 206, representing the homie Jake One. What's good, brother? Uh, thank you for having me, man. It's, you know, it's crazy. We really go back to the when I started. Yeah. Like, it's not too many people that uh, that I still, like, know from that era that are still doing their thing. I mean, I'm sure even crazier for you. You just like. Yeah, man. You look, you look back on all, and you be like, "Damn, man!" I was like, I felt like it was a whole different lifetime. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. You know, and, and to you know to see your progression, and man, and the things that you've been able to accomplish, still staying true to yourself and your sound is amazing, bro. Like every time I look up and I see produced by Jake One, or you know, sometimes shit, it don't even say it no more. Sometimes I just follow you on the gram, and you'd be like, "Yo, <laughs> grateful, grateful to have got this one in with so and so," and I'm like, "Oh shit, Jake did that." You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, Good that's, vibes, that's, man. That's my specialty. I, I really, I enjoy being part of shit. I, people don't expect me to be part of. I feel like that's my what I'm good at at this point. You know. Yeah, yeah. Nah, man. Listen, you you you've racked up an amazing amount of of music that is that's in your catalog, and you've been able to, you know, keep food on your table and take care of your family by doing what you love. And you know, I can I can relate to that in so many ways. So right. we we are blessed. You know what I'm saying? For sure. To still be able sure. to do what we're doing at this level, at, at this day and age. You know what I'm saying? To 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 still be able to do what we love and sit down in front of computers and machines and make something that from nothing. You know what I mean? Right. It's a beautiful right. feeling, man. So, yeah, I'm happy to have you here, bro. Yeah, I've been checking the podcast out. I, I usually agree with the, the controversial takes. Like... <laughs> I thought it was the one you had uh uh Dion and uh was was Cannon on that one with you? It was no, it was Dion and KP. No idea. KP. KP. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that was uh cuz you know, they really seen it off in the beginning. Yeah. So like Yeah, and that I was one. like that was a that was a really good one. I was Man. like, "Damn." That yeah. one and uh one of the, that was one of my favorites and the first one when we came back as a podcast where I had Guru on, Young Guru and my my right. Harold Lilly and Guru was saying that uh when he first heard El Segundo, he hated that shit. You know I'm, I'm kind of with him on that. That wasn't, 
All right, so if you think about it, like that sounds nothing like the album. Like I nothing. remember getting the album and be like, "Oh, this is totally different." Like, right? If they would have led with um, Benita Applebaum or something more reflective of like the sound right. of um, Footprints or something, yeah. yeah. Cause it's like gurus looking like yo, y'all almost fucked the whole bag up behind this one song. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? He is definitely right on that. Yeah, you know, and in those days, you didn't know if you was getting a second single, so the risk For that sure. on the For first sure. one, you know. And shout out to Tribe, man. You know, we're all big Tribe fans, and you know, shout out to them and getting the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame nomination this year. So well deserved. Yeah, yeah. well deserved. Well deserved. So yeah, man. Back to the song that you know me and you did. Um, I remember. Uh, I don't even remember how I got the beat. I don't know if you sent it to me or I happened to hear it, but um, I knew when I heard it, I was like, man, I love this song. Like the, the chord progressions, the hop on the drums. Right. And um, I remember hitting you up very humbly. Like, listen, man, I'm on E1 Records, bro. <laughs> I only got so much money, man, but I love this beat, you know. And I, I remember pleading. I remember my plea was out. And you know, I, I told you everything from jump. I was like, this is what it is. This is what I got. And this is what I'm able to do. And I remember you, you hit me back like, well, like the shortest, sweetest message. You was like, it's all good, bro. Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Mean, like, it was like, it, it, I was just like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it turned out to be such a good record, man. And it right. was. You know, it was the first song on that album, and um, and it, and it kind of just encompassed all of my travels. I was traveling with Jazzy Jeff at the time. I, right. You know, I was on my second passport. I had been all over the world and mm-hmm. to, you know, taking a bunch of pictures and videos and, you know, sitting there just watching that, you know, watching the world. That beat just sounded so worldly to me, so... I, I still thank you for that day. I still perform I mean, that song. Yeah, I mean, that's. You know I, mean? I think. I think as a as a producer, whatever, or a rapper, whatever you're doing, like if you go back with somebody, like you're supposed to do that. You know what I right. mean? Like, how's right. I gonna hit you? Like, nah, I only get fifteen thousand every time I turn the machine <laughs> on this time. Like, it just doesn't work that way. You know what right. I mean? Right. Right. And nah, I and man. I do think me doing stuff like that for people or friends, it comes back. Like, I yeah. I get money sometimes. I'm like. This was some bullshit. I didn't deserve this, but you know, it's the way right. it's the way the universe pays you back, you know, just yeah. for being a good person. Just yeah. Common decency, right? I know it's it's rare in the field we're in, but you know. Yeah. I try to I try to keep it going until, you know, you get poked too many times and, and then it's sometimes like, you spaz out, you know. Yeah. So Yeah, it warrants what it warrants. Right. And one of one of my favorite joints um that you did, and, and it, it it was it was super close to me because I remember having the beat before they had it. Was uh the three kings, yeah. which in turn turned to you know Jay Z, Dr. Dre, and right. Rick Ross, and um I had that beat, you know what I'm saying, sitting on my on my hard drive, like I had that track, and I used to listen to it. It didn't have the beginning in it, uh the the switch up in the beginning, but it, it definitely had the bulk of the beat, and um it, and I had been around Dre, you know, I but I never heard that particular song. I had worked with right. Dre and did some writing on some things, you know, that never materialized. And um, I remember when I heard that shit, I was like, God damn. Like, and I was shocked <laughs> that Ross was on it because I knew Dre had that beat. Right. So when I heard Ross on it, I was like, oh, he slid it over to Ross. Like, but he's still on it, though. Right. How how did that even come about? Like, man, you you know it's it's funny that 
the you're asking me about it because at that time, uh, I don't know, was that 2008, 9, 10, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, I had a song deal with them with Aftermath. And I did a bunch of songs. You know, I was like, that was, I feel like, in the later batch of stuff I did. But there's other records that I did that were really dope that I thought were even better than that. That just, you know, somebody, somebody's got them on their hard drive somewhere. But, right. Um, um, so I hear, you know, oh, Ross is, or no, Dre's going to Miami because I wanted to work with Rick Ross. There was all this stuff on the internet. He gifted him a watch and all this yeah. shit. I don't know if yeah, you remember, I remember that. This. I knew they gave him like a rollie, yeah. <laughs> so that's when they did the song. And, uh, you know, I wasn't there. I'm not there for shit usually. But um, Brandon, who was the A&R, was mm-hmm. like, man, Ross got this, you know, Dre did the song. Ross is really dope. Yeah, Brandon was who brought me in. Right. So, you know, it was also it got to a point where I heard that a lot of different times. And if I was in L.A., I wasn't going to hear the song. So... You were one of the people that called me and was like, man, this shit with Ross and Dre. I hadn't heard it yet at that point. Didn't, right. you know? And I just kind of chalked it up like, we're going to see, you know. I couldn't really get excited because I'd already been past that phase. Right. In that right. situation. Um, and then randomly I get a call like one night from Curtis, who was uh, Dre's kind of right-hand person that handled the business and was like, just super matter of fact, like, yeah, so they're using that on Rick Ross's album and Jay-Z's on it. And I was like, what? Like. <laughs> so and you know the first time i hear it i happened to be in new york this uh first time i met benny blanco i'm at his crib in new york and it plays on hot 97 and i was that's the first time i heard the song then i went wow. out on the streets she was playing everywhere you know just that whole weekend i was like oh my god this is i had never had one like that right at that point in my career so it just was surreal you know what i mean so super grateful for it i mean yeah there was drama that happened with that song with the we cleared the sample um it was a gospel sample the i'm assuming the writers and whoever was on the song must have signed a bad deal in the 70s which you know unfortunately it's, it's, that's a lot of these situations a lot of these situations when we sample records the money should be going to to the people who whose wrote record the we damn sampled. song right right but their catalog had been swallowed up. They were pissed because, you know, Ross is on there saying, come suck a dick for a millionaire and whatever yeah. craziness. Like, it's Ross. It's what he does, right? Right, right. Ross being so Ross. I got, like, a lawsuit in the mail from, like, Johnny Cochran Jr. over that shit. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and, you know, it went away. But I was like, hold on, I didn't even do nothing wrong. We cleared the sample. You know what I mean? But Wow. I think they saw the names on it. The names were so majestic. And big. And big. And, you know, somehow I got I got lumped into that, too. Um, but, yeah, it's it's one of those ones. It was, it was definitely the first one I made. And that song led me to a lot of other people. Like, I think that one got, got Drake on my radar and some of the other people because they wanted something like that. Actually, right. I can't say that. I was already working with Drake before that. But he was excited that, you know. That right. I did that. I remember at the time, or you know, Cole or whoever it was. Right. It was know. a big record, man. Yeah. And it's yeah. funny. It's funny that you mentioned uh, Benny Blanco because I'm a, a I'm a, a big fan of what you know what he what he's done and, and and I found out like later on he he grew up in Virginia like he was from Virginia. He's from Virginia. Because yeah. I always wanted to meet Benny Blanco. Like he was a super. You know, I've, I've been around other people that have been around him, right. you know, like Dr. Luke and, and right. Jay Cash, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But I never really met him, and I was always like, damn, like, 
be dope to meet Benny, like, you know what I'm saying? Because we both from the same area. Right, right. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, I always big up Benny Blanco, man. Like, love what he's done in pop music and just in music in general. I mean, and, you know, I we, I just got tied to him because one of my close friends was his manager. So, like, sometimes it's just how it works, right? right. So I end up doing, like, the song for the weekend with him. Or, you know, we did a couple other ones, uh, right. too. But um, when I started being around those guys, I was just like, what I'm doing ain't shit. You know right. what I mean? It's crazy. Like, right. you feel like what you're doing is making an impact. And then you see what, you know, I yeah. see why people go pop, you know. But that yeah. shit got to be in your heart, man. Like, yeah. he loves... He knows when that shit's good. I couldn't even tell you. Like, right. You know, like, right. I, and I, and I, my confession is kind of based on that too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, let's, you know, let's get, I got a confession too, but I'm going to let you get yours off. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to, we're going to do the, the formal introduction as we get into it. Jake One, what is your hip hop confession? This, this is a, it's a very random one, but it just kind of also let me know that maybe my place wasn't on the other side of the business. I need to be in creative. Um, a friend of mine signed Wiz Khalifa to Atlantic Records, mm-hmm. and I was uh, an AR consultant for like a year over there. Um, okay. And I love the Cushion Orange Juice mixtape. I was just like, Yes. Classic. I was like, man, this is like, you know, because at that point, I'm getting a little older, but he's making rap that like we could feel. You know what I mean? Right. Like it wasn't I don't know. He he had good for beats. The stuff he was doing with Cardo, I was just all about that. Right. So I went I went to a session with uh, my friend who's a and He probably didn't remember this, but um, we went to Stargate Studio, and he was like, "Man, I'm gonna get Stargate to work with Wiz. It's gonna be big." And I was like, so mad about it. I was like, "Why would you do that?" Right. You got Cardo. Why, you know, this, I, you know, I wasn't really a fan of what they were doing. It was big, but it wasn't the shit that I liked. Right. Super hated on it. And, you know, they end up doing like a diamond song or whatever. <laughs> so, you know, there was some, there was other things that happened when I was at Atlantic and going to the meetings, which was a super eye-opening thing. You know, I think me being in Seattle, I was totally detached from the music industry. For right, the most right, part. right. I do my shit. I deal with whoever I deal with on the music side, but I, you know, I'm not like friends with executives and all that bullshit. If I am, I known them when they were nobody, right? Right, right, right. And, and then, just, and then they ended up getting that job. Right. Then they became that guy, and we, you know, we still cool. There's actually a couple of those, but you know, just sitting in the A and R meeting and just seeing how they lie to everybody. Like, an artist will come in there, they'll be like, "It's great, I can't wait till we get your record out." They leave, they'd be like. Man, who the fuck was that? Like, I've really seen this shit happen before. <laughs> and uh, just open my eyes to the game. But yeah, my confession is that I didn't believe in Stargate and uh, Wiz Khalifa making a hit. And you know, if you really look at it, they might have shortened his career on a critical level by having big songs like that. I think if he'd have stuck with Cardo, right. he probably would have kept right. what he was, he would have kept his. That know, grit, that coolness, grit. you know, and like a little longer. But he also did the damn song with uh for the Fast and Furious is probably one of the biggest songs ever, which I would have actively hated on too. So and and I know an artist that passed on that song, and I was like, I don't know how the fuck you passed on that. That was I mean, no you know, and I feel like there's a lot of those. I mean, that's just like a billion. It's like a billion plays on like YouTube. Right, right. So 
And, you know, there's also just, you realize at a certain point, like, man, I'm just not tapped into that stuff. This is not for me, you know? Right. So how am I even going to give my opinion on it, you know? Yeah, no, nah, um, that's crazy, man. Like, <laughs> but and, I, and there's been other artists that I was like, ah, that shit ain't going to work. And, you know, mm-hmm. it happens, you know? Right. And Wiz went on to fucking do goddamn numbers with that, right? Oh, my God. Like, yeah, it was it was crazy. But it's some. Yeah, sometimes it's like every now and then there's records that you hear and you step back from them and you go, damn, I wish, damn, I wish I had some, I had a hand in that one because that one went, you know what I mean? Like, but if it's, Man, you know, if I it's mean, not in the cars for you, it's just not in the cars for you. Right, right. You know what I mean? And it, it's just funny because it's not, you know, this is a hip hop, you know, like I said, we both come from hip hop. We've made a lot of hip hop, but it's not too many people that I can even have the pop conversations with because they don't even know that world. You know right, it, it's it's just different, and like doesn't it's not. I mean, for what I like, it's not better, but yeah, yet to think the world is a generic place, right? And what touches the most amount of people is going to make the most money. It's just yeah. like that's just the the common the law. nature of the shit, right? Um, my my random hip hop confession opinion. I don't even know if it's a confession because I feel like I fight <laughs> people on this all the time. Is that I like the second Ultra Magnetic album better than the first. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't agree with you on that. <laughs> I, it's just maybe because it came. I, maybe because I heard that one first, I just liked it more. Yeah. But and you I know, don't you even. Also, I don't even remember the name right? of the second Ultra Magnetic. Fuck your head up. See? see, see. Yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, there's. I think the way we come in it, you know, if, if that's the first one you hear, then you think that's better than the first one, right. you know? It's people, and, it's people that think that, uh, that, uh, it was written was better, is better than ill. Right. And you that to me, I'm not, I'm not on board on that one at yeah. all. But I've had, I've had plenty of arguments in the barbershop. Like I, Illmatic was cool. I'm like, bro, Illmatic was it. Fuck you talking about it. They're like, and, nah, skill. and I think like from a, from a producer standpoint, I'm listening to it from a whole different way than like, right. And that's a lot of my opinions are shaped on that. If I don't like right. the beat, I don't care what's being said. Right, right, right. Nothing I, to me. You right. know I mean? can't get past that part. Right. And it's funny to me. I think I just saw like in the in the recent press, like like Pete Rock is like suing Nas or some shit. And I'm just like, how did how did we get here? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, such yeah, a hip hop classic. And I'm and I'm right. looking at the Time Is Ill documentary. Like, bro, you in the doc, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like that. I mean. Here's the part I don't get. Like, you can't, like, Nas doesn't administer his own catalog. Right. That shit, that's his first album. That shit was 1990. I'm sure he had a horrible deal. MC Search yeah. probably took all the money. You know, it's like yeah. the same story we always hear. Maybe it and was just clickbait, but I, I looked at it like Pete Rock is suing Nas. I think, I think sometimes when they go into it, they just, they attach it to whoever the big person right. is, you know. Because you was the person I, I went in the studio and did music with. So it was you. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. I've, I've had a couple Pe- people. Like, Nas is not doing the calculations on right who recouped and whatever. Like, right. that's so beyond what any artist is doing. Yeah, you know? no. And, you you know, in the, and I tell people all the time, when you're, nobody knew that they was making history when they was making it. You just hoped. But you didn't right. fucking know. Barry Gordy didn't know that Motown was going to be that. He just was like, yo, we're going to do what we feel is right and what I, what our people will enjoy. I, you, do you ever you ever sue anybody to get your royalties like for the stuff you wrote? Nah. I just threaten a lot of motherfuckers. Right. It's a lot, it's a lot of threatening. Yeah. I feel like we, we do a lot of hollow threats and some hostile yeah. emails and stuff. 
But, you know, suing somebody, the effort that takes and the money you got to put up to sue yeah. somebody is, is it's it's not. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And sometimes it's like if what I'm suing you for doesn't even make, I'm probably going to pay more to sue you than what I'm going to get. It's not even Thousand worth percent. the time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I guess sometimes people see things and they swear up and down that shit made a whole lot of money. I'm like, bro, you might want to, you might want to look into the books. That, that was <laughs> you a saying. to recalibrate. Right. Well, that, that was and a this, sample. this is what I'm thinking about world is yours. I thought the same thing. Like, okay, it's a sample. Right. It's not a hit hit. It's, it's it was right. a hit of its time. It's a classic. But, but it's, it's it wasn't like, a hit. This is how we do it. Montel Jordan or some shit, yeah. you know. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't fucking. We are the world. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it didn't fucking feed African babies. Like, I so. mean, I, I I want P. Rock to get as much money as possible. He's Me too. That he's a legend. Producer, yeah, you know? legend. So I just don't know if he's go, gonna get it from that one. Yeah, you, you're probably right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, man. Like you know, working. You know, like I said. It's not too many people that I can discuss like pop music with on this podcast because I pay I've always paid a lot of attention to it. It's clearly, you know, when I did the the Nikki record that I did, you know, and that was a pop record and I watched Taylor Swift sing my fucking hook on MTV, I was like like I'm from Virginia, bro. Like that don't ha- that don't happen if you ain't Pharrell. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. You don't get to Taylor Swift you know what I'm saying? Nicki well, Minaj, especially, maybe. especially not the dude that made skills in '95. Right? Like, come on, like that <laughs> right. guy. <laughs> like, right. Uh-uh. So I was always, you know, I was always admirers and 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 just watchers of people like you know Max Martin and Luke and, and Dennis Pop all the way back to the Ace of Base days and how all of these people came from Sweden. You know what I'm saying? Like, and why? I, I still don't. I still don't get Sweden. that part. I don't get it's it. It's just crazy to me, man. Like. <laughs> So wild that yeah. the the biggest pop producers in the world are all from the same country. Right. You know what I'm saying? Britney Spears and shit. Like it's just super crazy to me. But that's just being a fan of music. You know what I'm saying? So I love it to death. So, but yeah, man. So that's a that's an ill ass confession. Like you just it's, it's just random. I mean, you yeah. know, like I think everybody we're in an era. That everybody is a fucking armchair AR and they got mm-hmm. it all figured out. And it's different when, you know, when you make a decision. I mean, I could have probably signed somebody to Atlantic in 2000. This sounds like 2010. And I I didn't sign shit. You know, I really was just getting paid to do nothing. I'd sit in the the meeting and watch Jeezy read USA Today. I was just like, this is crazy, you know? Like <laughs> it's just weird that, you know, sometimes we have such a the people out, people on the outside, have such a, a a a distorted perception of what happens behind these doors, and right, and and I'm like, yo, sometimes like y'all have no clue. All they doing is paying attention to what y'all doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially now, with I the, feel like now it's it's yeah, there, it's like, there oh, are certain Twitter accounts that they're like, if such and such like this shit, we're signing it, right. Off like, the rip, or if they got if, this many followers, we signing right. this shit. We can get a hit on anybody, and right. that's what I, I you know, I, I was just watching this thing on uh, on Vice called a Black Market that Michael K. Williams was hosting. Before. Is that the shit about the streaming farm? Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I already, of course, I already knew about streaming right. farms and how to how to juke the numbers. But you know, the average consumer is like, wait, this is real, and I'm like, yes, this is real, like. 
And I tell people all the time, listen, you can fake the views. You can fake the followers. You can fake the plays. But you can't fake making people care. Like, right. that's a whole different thing. Right. Like, you can fake all that shit. But when you come to my town and it's only 200 people there, like, I, it, like and no merch moves, <laughs> like, I, and, and nobody says, yo, so-and-so in the city today. Mm-hmm. Like, when that shit don't happen, right. all of that shit was fake. Right. So a mother and they, like, oh, and numbers they can't never even really fake a hit. Like at this point, right. they can they can start it a certain way, but the people really choose the shit, which is right. what makes it great. Like yeah. there's songs that would have never would have just been an album cut. I feel right. like I benefited from this a bunch of times. Where like I was always making the album cuts. You know, I wasn't making no shit for the radio. So like right. I've had ones that went where like it was the people that chose it. You know, right. they didn't go into it thinking, oh, this is the hit. Right. You know, they don't. You got to no. listen. The people will tell you what your single is if you give them enough time. I think I think it was it's good for artists too because they throw the whole thing out there and then they choose. Whereas before, right, you would have to pick that one song, and if it was yeah. a dud, shit's yeah. over for you. Yeah, you on know? to the next one if you get a mm-hmm. next one. Right. You know what I mean, that's wild, man. So, all right. So my confession, because we we have a common connection that a lot of people. It's not even a lot of people. Most fucking people don't know. Right. Um, when I was rapping early on, uh, I, I I had I had a few friends and family, and they connected me with. Uh, this was when I was on Raucous, and um, I, they connected me with a person that ended up becoming. I did some songs with him, and he ended up becoming my DJ when I went on tour, and off and on. He always had records. He was like, I seen him knock shit down. I seen him with the SP 1200, 950. He was was always at the record conventions. All that shit. I went to his crib, his crib, fucking records everywhere. So I never doubted that he was talented and had a good ear. He knew, oh, those that skull snaps, oh, those drums are from da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, Q-Tip took the drums off of da 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 That's That's Lonnie <laughs> Liston Smith. He knew all that shit. He was a, he was a head producer. Right. I took him on the road with me in 2002, and I'll never forget it. This is when 50 Cent was on fire. And my manager called me and said, yo, you going on tour with 50 Cent? And I'm like, first of all, that shit don't even make sense. I'm not even that type of <laughs> artist. Right. But fuck it. They like, yo, you got the slot. And it was a bunch of other people that wanted it, but you going to do this 50 cent tour. He going 40 cities all over the U.S. Fucking pack. I didn't even have a tour bus. We packed up a fucking RV. I was on Rockets and we tell Rockets like, yo, make it work. Because I'm not most. I'm not Kuali. So they like, okay, we do do tour support, but we ain't about to get him no bus. We don't even know if this shit's going to fly. And my man's just like, he's on tour with the biggest fucking artist in the world right now. He's on Shady Aftermath. Fuck you mean. Like, let's blow the bag. Raucous, Brian and Jared was like, all right, we'll put up some money. We figured out the money and was like, all right, we can't do a bus. We're going to do a fucking RV. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm going to sell merch. I'm going to sell my mixtapes. These motherfuckers might come to the show not knowing who I am, but they're going to leave knowing who I am. Right. 50, I don't even know if 50 had a clue I was even on the tour until like halfway through the shit. It's like, you don't even know who the fuck the opener is. Right. And I'm doing every gig. 
me, my DJ, and my road manager. My manager didn't even go. He got me a road manager and a driver, a truck driver who drove the RV. Some of the best times of my life was on that fucking tour, right? (laughs) I love the tour. And I've always told the story about how I've told a story in the previous podcast, I think with KP and No ID, where uh, the guy on Rockers wanted me to go meet E-40. And I'm like, I don't want to do a fucking, I don't, I don't want to do a record with E-40. Like, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't like his songs. I'm not really a fan. Like, and they like skills. Trust me, E-40 is the dude out here. Like, if you, if he get on your song, you going to have a popping song in the Bay. Just go meet him. And I'm like, I, I pressed against it. I go to E-40's house. An hour later, I'm like, yo, this is the one of the nicest fucking guys I ever met. In my thousand life. percent. Super, super trill, down to earth, just a cool ass dude. I'm in his crib. It's the night of the Grammys. I'll never forget it. Whatever year that was, the Grammys was on TV. We were watching the Grammys on a small TV in his studio. And my DJ starts playing some beats. He's like, yo, you make beats? He's like, yeah, my DJ plays him some beats. He's going through the beats. E-40's like, that shit right there popping, cuzzo. This shit right here, this shit is a wop-dee-woo. He's just using his slang and shit. And he gets to this one beat. He's like, run that back. My DJ ran it back. He was like, hey, cuzzo, this shit right here, a slapper. Like, I don't know if y'all East Coast boys know about this, but over here, <laughs> this one right here, this a, ooh, wait, this a motherfucking wopity woo ho Like, he just saying shit, and he vibing. I could see him vibing to the beat. And he like, Hey, man, Skills, you going to spit something on this thing? This is a goddamn slapper, cuzzo. And I'm sitting there like, yeah, fuck it. Pull it up. So he tells his engineer, yo, two-track that thing, Brody. He's like, put the fucking MP3 into the joint. And I'm at E-40's house writing the rap. Write the song. I write the hook. I think it was called We in the Building or some shit. It's like, it, it, was a, it was a catchy hook. E-40 put a verse on it, and we left. I left it where it was. I find out later that my DJ did not do that beat. That beat was stolen from Jake One. (laughs) And then it came down to people telling me like, oh, no, Skills, he do this shit all the time. Like, he's, he's a fucking, he a jacker. Like, he played my joint for fucking, bro got the fucking song. Let us cut to it, and I'm on tour with 50 Cent, and I, I can't remember if he gave the... I think he gave the same beat CD to... Uh, to Shaw. Shaw Money. Yeah. Shaw Money XL. Shaw Money plays the beats. I think Yayo and them was fucking with it. 50 was fucking with it, and the same beat ended up on Beg for Mercy album. And I was like... And that's when the shit went crazy because it was like, you was like, yo, that's my beat. Like, not, right. not a cold, not a cold pro. I didn't do that shit with nobody. Like, that's me playing pump, pump, pump. That's all me. Like, yo, this right. motherfucker just took my shit. Now, mind you, I don't know where this dude is now. I haven't talked to him in years. I don't, we don't, I, I definitely stopped fucking with him. On that regard, I don't know nothing about him, but I just remember being like, 
damn, bro, you all you almost had me out here looking crazy. First of all, I was looking crazy at E40's house, but I didn't know. But I remember going, who, who the fuck is Jake one? Like my manager was <laughs> like, my manager was like, nah, dude, it's this dude in Seattle uh, that made that beat. Like we going through some bullshit about it now. Like Shot Money XL hit me up. Like, and I'm like, yo, that's the same dude that was on, he was on tour with Skill. Like, I know how he got the beat. You know what I'm saying? Right. But yo, nah, I, I manage producers, bro, who take that shit super serious. That's not his shit. So he right. was doing a lot of the legwork behind how the fuck, who took, who said they did what? Why, right. what? So I think he was the first person to approach him. You know me, I'm on the road. I'm trying to make an album. I'm I'm oblivious to any of this shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't, it wasn't, it ain't got nothing to do with you. Like, anyway, right. so, you know, it's not your fault. Like, I, I mean, just, you know what's kind of crazy in retrospect? 2022 lens this is what mad people do and do it now successfully right and i think i honestly don't even have a problem with it at this point like i'm like he got it to him you know what i mean there's value in that and there's a lot of records i've done the past 20 years that somebody was in the studio that got him to cut it so they produced it in that way you know what i mean how how did he get the beat from you were y'all like man you know this is just like in that time you know I just was giving everybody my beats because I'm here. I'm in Seattle. Right. And we didn't have nothing really going on to that degree. So the way I thought I would get chances is just to give whoever my beats. And and it really, it did work. You know, right, because, it did. In that regard. Um, you know, I made enough noise where people start caring. But um, I, producers used to just do that back then. I don't know if it's like that as much now. Um how did you find out? <laughs> when and how did you find out that 50 About Cent- the G-Unit thing? Yeah. Uh, he told, like, uh, you know, your DJ told me, and I was under the impression that he, you know, because he told me added stuff to the beat. I'm like, cool, whatever. I'm good with it, you know? And then I heard the record. I'm like, hold on. You didn't ask that um, And I feel like if he just would have been upfront about it, I wouldn't even a trip because I'm like, I know how hard it is to get the record into people's hands like that. You know so they I mean? got they got the files. They didn't record to a two track. They got the they files. They did initially and I know I sent the files um later. This was early proof Pro Tools days, right? Mm-hmm. Um he might have ended up running with the two track because I know a lot of times he would 50 in general would just not like how the mix yeah. sounded. And stay um, with the two track. Stay with the two track. And, he, and he's talking about a guy who like who's rapping over a lot of mixtape shit to get on. He anyway. just liked he he liked you know he'd fall in love with however the song was. Yeah, um, the reference, the raw. But you know, it, it, I ended up meeting Shaw Money, and he you know it's funny. Like I think that shit was happening so often that it, it didn't even register. He didn't care. It was like you know, right? <laughs> he was like, well, I've been trying to get to you. I'm you know, he started right. managing me maybe like a year after that. Dope. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I had a lot of success with them, and it was really yeah. Like, no, you definitely did a lot of a lot of dope G Unit records. How I started was really with them, you know, as far as in a, on a commercial nationwide level. Um, but yeah, it was it. There's there's a lot of dudes that don't make their beats now. I mean, like right. there's a lot of dudes that are, they're just good A and R's down there. You know what I mean? And you know how to wiggle and get in the room with with whoever it is, and there's value in that. You know, like, right? I think. Uh, I think when when dudes that don't make beats start talking all this Quincy Jones shit, I don't like that <laughs> because Quincy Jones can write charts of music and shit. It's not right. the same thing, you know. Right. Like, it's not. It's not like. <laughs> but 
I don't know. Maybe it's just as you get older, you just like some things just don't matter as much. You right, know I, mean? right, I feel right. like my old backpacker brain was like, nah, I just said DJ Premier. That's the only person that should be on the beat. If he did the beat, you right. know, um, that's who it should be. Um, and now it's it's dope, man. I share credit with people all the time. I don't even care. Like, honestly, right. it should mean it's more obviously, you know, I'm trying to get to whatever the financial part of it is. Right. You know, whatever's going to make the best song. Right. Um, I tell people all the time, like when, when me and um, you know, my crew, when we record, you know, we, we're in the room and we're making songs and we're pulling up beats and we're laying down hooks and ideas. I always, it's, it's always like whoever was in the room. You right. And if you was in the room, cool. Like, I don't, and that's, I don't, that's pop rules, you know, like I didn't know it was like that until I yeah. started working on more of the pop side and I'm like, and sometimes I got a bigger percentage of some shit that I probably yeah. didn't deserve. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, shit. I mean, a, another random confession. There was a song I did in a writing camp that Beyonce cut to. And I was actively hating on the song when we did it. I just didn't like it. And, you know, it ended up coming out not with her, but with somebody else. I got some mm-hmm. good licenses off of it. It's like, cool. Right. Right. You know, but. There's also been times I feel like I did the bulk of the work and maybe got a little less. So nah. Right. Right. It's like it almost evens out. I just tell people like if you in here with us and you're writing or producing, well, most of the time we just write into beats. The beats are already made. So it's like if it's three of us in here, then we split in three ways. I'm right. not about to sit here and go, Well, I came up with the first two bars of the I need that 7.8%. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, we all splitting this shit down the middle. Like, fuck that shit. Like, I'm not about... Like, if you... if Because the money part... The money part will fuck up the creative part before we even get creative. Right. So I'm like, if you walking in here talking about percentages, bro, it's just beats playing. Fuck you talking about. Like, ain't nobody made nothing yet. We can't own a percentage of nothing that ain't created. Right. So if we all in here, if you was in the room, and I and I'm a person, I have a a fucking photographic memory of remembering exactly what I contributed. Right. But I never go, well, I'm the person that I ah, fuck all that. Like, bro, like you did this, I did like, bro, we splitting this shit down the middle. Like on some right. on some Chad and Pharrell shit. Like, fuck that shit. Like And you know, like it it is, it's it's the proper way to do it. It doesn't and I remember, you know, in the in the times I was coming up, I'd be like, I'll go to like the studio in New York with like a big producer, and it's a dude in there making all the beats, and his name wouldn't even be on the shit. Right. Playing every instrument on that shit. I'm like, damn, how is this going down? <laughs> right. You know, so like it just kind of conditions you to accept anything when you're trying to get on, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. A lot of people have been down that road. You know what I'm saying? I've I've been a person who was writing shit and looked up in the credits and you know, my shit wasn't there. My splits wasn't there. And I'm just like, damn, so motherfuckers just took my shit? Like, I know I know, I know, know what I wrote, you know what I'm saying? So after a right. while, I just started paying attention to the publishing side and how to make sure that, I don't know, like, I, I got to have somebody representing me to make sure that my shit is taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or else I'm not going to be in the room. You For know what sure. Mean? For sure. So. Yeah, I'm I'm not that I, I definitely could have been that artist where you're like, yeah, here, here go Ben's. And I'm like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but not not now, but yeah, back you in can't, the day. I mean, you, you think of like what an 80s rap deal was, and it was like Oh God, even a 90s or early yeah, 90s rap deal. Outlandishly bad, you know, like yeah, horrible. So it's 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 I mean, I, I know a lot of the older 
generation, you know, people of our era, they don't like the music of now. But at least what they're doing, they are capitalizing on this shit yeah. harder than anybody ever has mm-hmm. in the past. You know, and they're getting paid. They're and really I, getting paid. I can't be know? mad at a young black man using his art to get paid and get his mom a house and take the care art, of his the family. Artists, the artists are getting their fair share at this point. Yeah, I don't like, know about the producers. I feel like we could be getting a little more. But you know, that's uh, yeah. You can yeah. only you know you create your own situation. You yeah, know, basically man. with that. For sure, man. I like, you know, I always think about, you know, the times that, you know, I watch people want to be in this business and want to get into this game and maybe not knowing exactly what it entails or how it was going to go. But it was very, like, beneficial to just pay attention to a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Right. And and just listen to the OGs sometimes, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, For sure. For sure. Yeah. Speaking of OGs, man, how how is vitamin D, man? Like, how's, he's, he's how's the homie? Great. He's doing great, man. Um, he lives he lives down the street from me. <laughs> I see him all the time. Um, Bro, one he, of my greatest memories, man, was going to your studio in Seattle, and we were we you you had me in this. You showed me the room. I'm in the room. I think you stepped out for a minute, and he was like, "All right, because I'll be right back, man." I was like, "All right, cool." And I heard this fucking beat playing, and I, I heard this beat, and I'm just like. Like, is it another spot? Like, somebody got the door open or some shit? And I fucking start walking. I, I remember this shit so vividly. I start walking down the hallway, and I'm hearing the illest chop of knee deep that I've ever Ooh, heard in my yeah. life. I've yeah. never heard nobody chop knee deep like that. I walk by the door, and the door is wide open. And it's this guy in a sweater vest. <laughs> and a fucking Applejack hat. He looked oh, like shit. he looked like Rudy from Fat Albert. He's, <laughs> he's he's got some weed on the table, and he's he's putting the weed in the, in his blunt. He's he's moving his weed, and I'm in the doorway snapping like, "Woo, yo!" And he just looks up so calm. He looks up at me. He's like, he got his weed. And he's like, "Oh, you you fuck with that?" <laughs> I'm yeah. in the door snapping. And I'm like, yo, and I start walking towards the computer and I see that it's on Logic. And I'm like, how did he do this on Logic Pro X? I, I've right. never heard nobody chop me. I still have the beat. I played that beat for Pharrell. Pharrell called Snoop one night. We played that beat for Kendrick. Like, dog, like, I kept, because I was like, I'm not a West Coast nigga. Like, this shit belongs to a West Coast nigga. I remember I would call Vitamin D, like, yo, I, I, I gave this shit to Pharrell. He's like, I right, bet, bet. He, he was super cool. I was like, I said, bro, Pharrell, Pharrell called Snoop. Like, he's like, all right, cool. Like, I pushed that beat. For, <laughs> me and Pharrell pushed that beat to so many fucking West Coast motherfuckers. Nobody ever bit that I knew of, but to, not to, to, that, to, to that avail. But I play that beat. I play that beat at the do over, just in my set. And motherfuckers is like, because it starts off regular, like knee deep, and then it goes into the chop, and then it slows down about ninety two BPMs, and it's like, it's the it's one of the craziest beats I ever heard in my life. Vitamin D, shout to Vitamin D, man. You know he uh, he's been putting out like. A lot of tapes of him doing yeah flips. Uh, Yeah, I follow him, so I've been seeing his flips. Yeah, they're stupid. And then I think the other thing he did that people just don't know is he did the power theme song. Yes. Yes. Um, which the, is kind of uh, taking off a whole This is a big nut- rich town. Yeah. 
taking on a whole different life of its own. Um, it's what's crazy is I remember one year I did the wrap up. Power was the hottest show on TV. I was doing the wrap up. I was beefing with the with the with the dude from New York who was fucking with 50 of them. And I hit vitamin D up like, yo, you did that beat? He was like, yeah. I was like, send me the instrumental. He's like, say less. I, he sent me the instrumental and I rapped over the power beat for one of the wrap ups. And I remember motherfuckers being like, how the fuck did he get the beat for right. power? Right. <laughs> vitamin D. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was actually done in that old studio. That was about the time. Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was that old. Yeah. He made that. Damn, I, maybe I don't know, two thousand eight, nine, something like that. Such a beautiful beat too, man. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe did the perfect vocals on it, and of course, nobody knew what it was gonna be that Fifty was gonna use it for the show, but it, it ended up taking in the life of its own. Bro, I play, bro. It's DJ sets. Well, I'll play a edit that I have of uh, that Lonnie B made, that Lonnie B and DJ Swift made that goes into uh, the Timbaland shit, the boo doo doo doo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I play Love that, that beat. play that joint. Let the Jay Z part rap. The Jay Z part goes, and Jay Z goes, "I'm about a dollar." What the fuck is? I pull the shit down. Let the crowd say, "What the fuck is Fifty Cent?" And then play. This is a big rich town. Motherfuckers oh, wow. be like, "Oh shit!" Because they never heard the power song in the club, but right. we all know it. <laughs> so I play it in the club, bro. Like it's such a That's dope so song, dope. man. That's so dope. It, it kind of sets the mood to where people go, like, "Yo, this DJ is pretty fucking good. Like, he know what the fuck he's doing. Like, this is gonna right. be a dope night." But yeah, shout Vitamin D, man. That that song and that beat is still, it's still one of the most incredible things I ever heard in my life. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like somebody when I first started making beats, he was just. The guy around here had equipment, was making songs. You know, he was just way ahead of where I was. Like, right. I, saw, I saw his group perform when I was a freshman in high school, and he's probably a junior, maybe. And I just remember thinking, like, hold on. Yeah, I remember you told this? me that. Right. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's crazy how many years, you know, we've both been at it at this point. You know, there's different eras of, like, oh, 2010, I thought, like, that seemed like we had been doing it a long time at that right. point. Right. Right. And now it's 2022. You know, we're we're working on shit right now. So. Right. Because I remember asking you, I was like, yo, who is that guy? You was like, no, that's my, like my OG. Like, you was like, bro, the first time I ever saw Technique turntables, <laughs> they were his. Like, like that's how long he's right. been doing this. The first set of turntables I ever saw, they were his turntables. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah I mean, now, his, man. his rap group was super dope. This group called Ghetto Children, like, they just... We just people in Seattle didn't get that chance at that point, you know. What right. I mean? They even had a deal with Geffen, uh, maybe pre Roots. Uh, wow, so it was a long ass time ago, you know. Like, right. They went down to L.A. Did uh, what was it like a demo deal or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think they worked with the Dust Brothers, which was super random at the time. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, everybody, you know, you do this long enough, you just see these things. Yeah, it's going just play out, play out, yeah. like for sure, man. Yeah. Well, shit, man. I, I, I thank you for pulling up, man. I've been wanting to get you on for a while. Thank you. Yeah, for I've been, it. I I really like the podcast. Like I told you, man. I the one with with Dion where he's talking about the the bitch you and all that. I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> right. I think there's certain eras, you know. It's like it's just an age thing. Like you right. really care. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, nah, man. He's a good friend of the show, man. I just talked to him yesterday, actually. Um. Yeah, good dude. Been working good on dude. Some I actually, stuff. you know, I actually went to his house in 97, 
Really? In Chicago, I, I uh, this, you know, I think before, you know, I was making beats, but I was a record dude and I would meet people like in other cities. So we, mm-hmm. my friends in Toronto, we went to Chicago, met up with him, went to his crib. He gave me the One Day It All Makes Sense album and his album on a tape like a mm-hmm. year before it came out. Wow. You know, didn't even know it's like that, you know? Right, right. And I'll never forget that. Every time I see him, I always remind him, I was in your house. I still got pictures of it. That's dope, Uh, man. That was a big deal, you know, for me at that time. Yeah, that's one of my good friends, man. No IDs and a a super genuine dude. Like, matter of factly, I love that guy, man. (laughs) Very matter of factly. Well, yo, bro, I appreciate you coming up, man. Listen, um, let the people know, you know, where they can get you how they can connect with you, your social media and whatnot. I'm, um, I'm Jay Kuno on everything. So, uh, okay. you know, Twitter, Instagram, I don't really do Facebook much. It's, yeah. Me it's a little, it's a I little can't too, stand it. It's a little wild on there. So, so what you got new in the, in the, in the fall, man, any, any new, what's up with the tuxedo shit, man? Like, man, we just started working on that. Uh, some, some new songs. We just did some new songs in Miami. Hopefully next year, maybe do that again. I mean, I got, I got songs with everybody coming, hopefully. I mean, you know how that goes. Right, but, right, yeah. Um, I found, like, a new love for making beats again, so I was back on that hard during the quarantine, so. Dope, man. Dope. Well, we're looking forward to hearing everything that you yeah. drop, man. Big fans of what you're doing, and I appreciate you pulling up, man. You already know what it Thank is, you, man. brother. Yes, sir. I'll hit you. Peace. Yes, sir. This has been Hip Hop Confessions, because everybody got one. Here's a little story that must be told. And it goes a little something like this. this, this, this.